Classic Business with Michael Avery, sponsored by Alex Forbes, for insight, advice and impact. Well, Simon, I see that it's read across the board and even the RAND um, has depreciated a little bit today. But there's plenty of news out there. And I suppose we're all still just waiting and trying to scry where we're going to next. Yeah, it has been a red day. We had all the big updates from the Anglo staples. So, of course, that Kumba Iron Ore, uh, Anglo Platinum, and then Anglo American themselves. We also had Implats. And the Kumba Iron Ore, let's start there, wasn't such a bad update. I mean, they've got challenges. We know what those challenges are. They can't get their iron ore to port. I mean, that is absolutely their problem, uh, to the point that they are actually are, are literally producing left less because they've got giant stockpiles uh, in, in, in session and the like, which they're sitting idle in. So they're cutting back on production, albeit their, their sale guidance is still uh, pretty much at the mid of the range. And that's because of that, that, that extra they've got lying, which they can try and get. But the, the transnet's the problem there. The platinum producers... No real surprise there. I mean, we've got Palladium today trading uh, below 900 at 894, uh, Platinum at 884. It's been a long time since those two have sort of been neck and neck in terms of of pricing. And uh, Palladium's just been selling off forever. Now, for our miners, Palladium less important, although Sabania does have operations in in, in Canada, so does Implat. The local miners are more a platinum focus but those trading updates were were absolutely a, a sort of i want to say a horror show we knew some of it was happening uh anglo platinum has sold off some assets but they are struggling with price i mean it's it's it's, it's they are price takers in this space and the market was pretty severe to them today uh, we saw anglo platinum down almost seven percent uh, we saw northern down five percent that wasn't even on any news Sabania down 3.8 and implants with the trading update off 2.2 percent so just really tough in the in the mining space the sector resi 10 down some two percent on the day and i suppose at the end of the day you know we are at you know, to put it mildly, we're a commodity uh, country and, you know, we still haven't um, found anything else to replace that, you know, large sector of the market when it comes to our GDP. And so we're going to be left to the vagaries of what's happening in the global market and particularly in China, one would think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are left to the vagaries. There's been talk around beneficiation of our commodities that would more be in the coal space although some of our industrial metals copper and the like but nothing's ever really come of that at all we are we are sellers of it and we are are, are absolutely we price takers we, we we can't change that that that's pretty much how it's always going to be and that's going to struggle us and you mentioned china uh, China had inflation out this morning, year on year, minus 0.8%. Uh, the market was looking for about minus 0.5. Intuitively, you know, deflation actually sounds uh, attractive, but it, it starts to, if it, if it runs for a while, and we've seen that in China now for a couple of months, you know, what happens is con consumers start to spend less because they work on the theory, well, it'll be cheaper in a month or two or 12. Now, of course, 
not on your consumables, you still need to eat, but on your white appliances, on vehicles, those sort of big ticket items. And China just broadly is frankly looking worrying. I mean, we we, we saw them open up, uh, we saw the third election of Xi Jinping and a lot of expectation around that, and it just hasn't come to fruition. Uh, we've got Evergrande early in the week, uh, sorry, last week, which was put into bankruptcy by a Hong Kong court. The fact that the Chinese government is essentially letting that happen is is quite telling. Now, in case of Evergrande, there's obviously 300 odd billion that's owed in dollars to to uh, investors the world over, but there's also hundreds of thousands of Chinese citizens who have bought apartments from Evergrande and don't have those apartments yet. They're out of pocket and they don't have anything to show for it. Now, China's you know the, the authorities are trying to work something in that regard, but it does look like Xi Jinping, and it goes all the way back to. 2019, 2020, his common prosperity, his crackdowns in that regard, becoming a lot more insular. And as a world, uh, China is important. It's you know, the second largest economy. And for South Africa, hugely important because they are a huge user of our commodities, which from the price action, patently they aren't using at the moment. Well, of course, 30% of China's GDP comes from the construction and the residential construction industry. So that is one of the reasons why it's so vitally important. And um, unlike perhaps in the West where, you know, we'll get a bond and we will, you know, um, buy our property of, over time. And if we're building it, we won't give the, the builder the lump sum all up front. We will give it to them in bits and pieces, but that's not like that in China. You actually have to buy up front, and then, yeah. as in the case of Evergrande, um, you're now stuck with they've got all your money and they haven't built you your apartment and they're now bankrupt. Um, and as you say, you know, I, I think we, the, the Chinese Central Party is going to have to actually step in and do something because um, the last thing they want is unhappy unhappy people out there, you know, who, um, you know, there are an awful lot of them out there and you have to keep them, keep them happy. Now, I mean, obviously we've got the Sona coming up in, in just a, a couple of hours now. Well, uh, as this runs in an hour's time, um, I don't think the markets have sort of built in anything significant. I mean, the Sona has been a, a damp script for many years, really, hasn't it? It has. Yes, it has. Uh, you know, it, we will get lots of, of, of talk and promises from, from the president. I think we're looking for two, two big issues, uh, power supply, ESCOM. He spoke a lot about that last year and, 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 and it's happened. Although, you know, an electricity minister, does that really solve anything? We can debate that. Uh, ESCOM is doing more maintenance. That is good. We're getting a little less uh, load shedding, but that's because of renewables during the day. You'll notice your daytime load shedding is often lower. That's because so many folks have got uh, solar panels on their roof, whether it be you, I, or the listener, or, or, or the corporate out there. The big one is logistics. I mentioned Transnet earlier with uh, uh, Kumbaya and all. Transnet at the moment is a disaster. Its ability to uh, get the commodities to port, whether that be iron, oil or coal, uh, and then having got it to port, the port uh, problems we're seeing in, in Durban and, and Cape Town. There's a capital injection needed, but there's more than just a capital injection needed. We need a, a level of, of 
private-public uh, partnership. We're seeing that in ESCOM, in a sense, a privatization by stealth, uh, in that we are privatizing individually our electricity supply. And certainly there's been talk in Transnet. We've got the Durban port deal with the, the Philippines happening. There's talk around uh, putting private locomotives on trans Transnet uh, tracks. But we need to start this to really, really happen. But the president makes the promises the budget speech in two weeks, that's where they get paid for. And I think that really is going to be the, the many senses, the biggest speech with apologies to the present. But uh, the checkbook is what really matters here. Absolutely. And I mean, there's some other very pressing issues. And I've chatted about some of those while well, I'm going to be chatting about some of those later during the show. And that's the NHI. And how's that going to be funded? And what are the ramifications of that, for example? You know, there, there are a lot of outstanding issues that... You know, the, the you know, the buck stops here. You know, you can't keep sweeping this under the rug. You can't keep waiting for the elections either. You know, some things actually have to happen. I mean, one of the other things that waiting is, you know, is this two-part pension system actually going to be implemented yeah. this year? Or are they going to delay it by yet another year? I think most of the providers have got the act together. But, you know, as I, I think I agree with you, you know, the 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 budget speech is going to be an important one this year. It absolutely is. And and we've got, you know, we had a slight boom back in 2021 uh, where we had all the extra income because commodity prices went absolutely crazy uh, and, and we got tax receipts in excess of about $150 billion. Fortunately, we didn't go off and do crazy stuff with it. You know, we didn't go to dinner on it. Uh, we did some clever stuff with it, which has certainly helped. But there are big challenges in, in, in our budget. We are essentially a zero growth when you take a population growth of call it one and a half percent GDP growth of and let's be kind and call it 0.8 percent we're going backwards as as individuals as an economy uh, and we need stuff from our, our finance minister there's not a lot he can do there's not rabbits he can pull out of the hat uh, you know demand for our bonds is, is is waning demand for our equities is waning we're not seeing money flowing either hot money into equities and bonds or foreign direct investment either much well, on that happy note, thank you very much for your input, Simon. The Market Commentary with Michael Avery was brought to you by Peter Machlop Fine Wrist Watches, South Africa's most trusted and loved watch trader. Listen next Thursday just after 6pm for another Market Commentary with me, Michael Avery, brought to you by Peter Machlop Fine Wrist Watches, South Africa's most trusted and loved watch trader. Do you have a luxury watch you would like to sell? I'm Peter Machlop. For over 30 years, South Africans have trusted me with their luxury watches. I buy Rolex, Patek Philippe, Breitling, Panerai, Cartier and Amiga. I offer honest advice, a fair price and a personalised experience from my upmarket, safe and secure office. Ready to sell your Rolex? Visit my website, peterbuyswatches.co.za. Classic Business with Michael Avery, sponsored by Alex Forbes, for insight, advice and impact.